0: It's a perfect 10 on today's Y'all Show. It is 10-10, October the 10th. Welcome into the All Southern Show, known as Y'all, with your host, John Raw. And it's a perfect 10 always here on the program, but especially today, we're in Nashville, Tennessee, USA. And we're on Music Rose today. In an hour or two, Precious Harris, the Nashville Music Line, is going to sit in with me. And we're going to have a lot of fun with Precious. She's on our show each Wednesday. But today, in person with us, we're going to talk about hashtag Hullabaloo with Precious and get her hilarious southern charm as a part of that feature. And then she and I will discuss some country music news and notes, including tonight in Nashville, a benefit concert for Dottie West, who we lost... 20, what was it, 27 years ago, 1991, I think it was, Dottie West was killed in a car wreck on the way to the Grand Ole Opry for a performance. And sadly, we lost her. She was in her late 50s when that happened. And they've got a benefit birthday celebration for Dottie West going on tonight at a place called 3rd and Lindsley. And Jeannie Seeley, who's a country music Grand Ole Opry member as well, she is a big part of this benefit. And they're going to have Larry Gatlin, Steve Warner, and more come out to celebrate the life of of Dottie West. That's tonight, and Precious and I will discuss that and other goings on in Music Row. She, she's been at, at a lot of parties here lately, so we'll we'll have our take on all that with Precious. And then, as we wrap up our two today, we're going to have Jess Taylor. She's a rising country music singer-songwriter, and she's going to sit in with Precious, and we're going to learn a lot more about this Floridian who is just very talented Got a new single she's releasing, and we're going to get a sneak peek at that later. She's going to actually play a per acoustic performance of her new song on our show. So Jess Taylor music coming up in hour two of today's Y'all program. In hour one, we've got ACC talk coming up in just a few minutes with Jonathan Lifehite. We'll discuss all things ACC with him. You don't want to miss it. Now, today we get into what's going on in our part of the world, and of course all eyes are on the Florida panhandle as Hurricane Michael is expected to make landfall later today along Florida's northern Gulf Coast area, and is expected to be a Category 4 hurricane. And if indeed that happens, this will make it the first Category 4 hurricane to hit the Florida panhandle. Unprecedented is what forecasters are saying. And this thing came out of nowhere. I, I think it was, what was it, Sunday I was watching some kind of television program, and all of a sudden I saw some report about a hurricane. I thought it was old news. I didn't even realize that this thing had got into the Caribbean and, and potentially could impact the U.S. Gulf Coast. But indeed, that is what's happening. This catacor- catastrophic storm's surge from this could be a major factor. I saw where they expect maybe 13 feet waves on the panhandle. And, of course, you've got destructive winds happening Over a million power outages will occur just near the coast, but also inland after it makes landfall, and rain flooding is expected to be a threat inland as far as the Carolinas. If you see the path this thing is projected to take, it's going to come in somewhere around Panama City Beach and kind of veer northeastward through south Georgia on into the Carolinas and, and perhaps will slow down over the South Carolina low country, perhaps into North Carolina, into areas that have been just, you know, flooded by Hurricane Florence from a couple of weeks ago. But Hurricane Mike, we'll have a lot more on this on the Thursday show. All of our Florida friends and and people in South Georgia, as well as lower Alabama, that are going to feel the effects of what could be this Category 4 storm when it makes landfall later today. My goodness. we or we, we're with you. And this is as as the forecasters say, an unprecedented event taking place. This alert from the National Weather Service out of the state capital of Tallahassee, if you live along the coast and were told to evacuate, this is your last chance. This was sent out early, early this morning. Hurricane Michael is an unprecedented event and cannot be compared to any of our previous events. Do not risk your life. Leave now if you were told to do so. Now, earlier today it was roughly 65 miles south-southwest of Panama City and they think that it will hit sometime mid-afternoon today. A buoy about 90 miles south-southwest of Panama City reported sustained winds of 60 miles per hour with gusts to 76 miles per hour before it stopped reporting. Lots of wind and damage coming to this beautiful part of Florida and I think you're going to see from, let's say, from Pensacola eastward all the way to Cedar Key, maybe even down as far as Tampa, you'll see storm surge. So please, please be on the lookout. I know a lot of people in the south may not live in the Panhandle or, or, or perhaps other parts of Florida, but they go there a lot. You may have a second home, and I know you're very concerned about what's going to happen with this storm again when it when it goes through it's going to be really rough for a few days and I'm sure I'm sure the authorities will tell you if you don't live there if this is not your primary residence stay away from there for a few days let 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 people kind of get back on their feet and and get back in there after several days go past to check out the storm damage and and don't be a, a nosy southerner and go down there if you have zero connection just to see see the any kind of damage Because, frankly, there's not a lot of roads down there anyway. If you've ever been to Destin or Panama City area, I mean, it's not like an interstate goes straight there. I-10 goes east to west across Florida, but nothing goes into those beaches interstate-wise. So please, please be very cautious and considerate as we deal with Hurricane Michael on the Florida Panhandle today. Now, as Michael works its way inland, People in the Carolinas are worried what it could do as they're trying to rebuild from Hurricane Florence. And people there are going on roofs, trying to freshen up what just happened from a few weeks ago as they expect this Michael to come in. And some are having industrial dehumidifiers dry their floors from the destruction of Hurricane Florence. And thousands of people have smashed up rooftops in the Carolinas And they don't need to see this thing coming in. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper warned that Hurricane Michael is expected to bring tropical force winds and two and a half inches of rain across his state. And while the storm wasn't expected to cause major river flooding like Florence, he urged people to stay vigilant. Again, people are kind of gun shy, really all over the south, but especially in the Carolinas. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster estimated Florence's damage would top a billion dollars in a letter to the federal government, and his state said that about 1,600 homes and counting were damaged, including at least 55 that were totally destroyed from Hurricane Florence, and I'm afraid we may see similar results coming in as a result of Hurricane Michael this week. Now. Speaking of South Carolina governors, the former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, announced on Tuesday that she's resigning as U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. She actually appeared with the president in the White House on Tuesday and took a few questions and made some comments and such. But Trump tweeted that he had a big announcement with his friend, Ambassador Nikki Haley, and they made this announcement in the Oval Office on Tuesday morning now the speculation begins what is up why would she leave this position and she's going to leave at the end of 2018 she's staying on until the end of the year but a lot of people think that she's got big plans and i i feel that way too now i have a personal connection to her i've never met her but my family knows her well she actually was first elected as a state representative in the district that my parents live in in south carolina and she worked hard she unseated a long time republican state legislator who had been in office 25 30 years and she she pretty much got him booted out of office because she outworked him he had gotten complacent and nikki haley as a roughly 28 30 year old woman and mother went out campaigning decided she wanted to be in the state house in south carolina and she won in that election and she came to people like my family who had a a friendship with that state representative but not necessarily best of friends i think there's even some blood kin between that guy and, and myself but nikki haley desperately campaigned and even brought barbecue to my folks i don't know if that's legal maybe that could be why she's resigning as u.s ambassador at the u.n but yeah she 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 fought hard and she got elected And she was only a state representative when she ran for governor in South Carolina, and she got that. Now, here's the reason she won the governor of South Carolina. It wasn't because she was an incredible politician. The only reason she ran and the only reason she won was because of Sarah Palin. In 2012, I guess it would have been, when she was running, she was nowhere on the radar to be the Republican nominee for governor. She was about third on the pecking list. Like I said, she was only like a state representative that had been in office about four years. Not doing that great, frankly. But this was just after Sarah Palin. She This was right at the height of the the Tea Party movement. And Sarah Palin, for whatever reason, kind of got in and helped her out and had a huge rally on the state house grounds in Columbia, South Carolina. And that rally boosted Nikki Haley from third to first and there was no turning back and she got the nomination she got the governor's seat and she held on to it for six years before taking this position at the United Nations now don't forget she did not support President Trump and she didn't support him two times over she first supported Jeb Bush in the Republican process and then after Jeb Bush backed out she went with Marco Rubio And it was only after everybody else had dissipated, she pledged her support to Donald Trump. But they have had words, and she is a freelance politician. And she's going to do whatever it takes to make her look good. And that's what she's doing here, I'm afraid. So don't be surprised if Nikki Haley ends up becoming sort of a chirper to the media about what really goes on in the White House. I'm not sure she's not the one that wrote that scathing criticism of trump and a couple was a month ago six weeks ago That was all the talk someone leaked or i wrote an op-ed an anonymous op-ed i when i saw it I, I thought it sounded like something she would do now maybe maybe that's the reason she's leaving trump found out about it who knows i really feel that's what she really wants to do she wants to be the first female president and she will stop at nothing and and That may even include running against Trump in 2020. And even though she said she would not do that, she would support him, I don't trust her (laughs) as far as you can throw a bowling ball, okay? But she is leaving the United Nations, and the president's going to have to find somebody else to take over that position. Other headlines across the South, and speaking of Washington, D.C. and the South, a petition is being passed around the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and it's asking for the university to honor the woman who accused Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting her in high school. Christine Blasey Ford actually graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Ford graduated in 1988 with a degree in psychology from UNC, and an English professor on the campus says that they've got a petition going around asking for the Board of Trustees to set an example about her speaking out against sexual assault, and they want to bestow an award upon her. Now, of course, Kavanaugh denied the accusations that Ford put against her, put against him rather, but yeah, at UNC, you've got a movement there to give her a distinguished graduate award at the University of North Carolina. A Louisiana teenager, congratulations to this person. He flew for 10 and a half hours through a sandstorm over Saudi Arabia, got stuck in the Philippines by typhoons, and set three youth aviation records. But 18-year-old Mason Andrews of Monroe, Louisiana, in northeast Louisiana, well, he has done something incredible because he is the youngest pilot to ever fly around the world, and he goes to school at Louisiana Tech. And he says the highlight was flying into Paris. He saw the Eiffel Tower on the approach and landed at night. And he went all around the world. He'd been planning to spend two nights in the Philippines, but three typhoons kept him grounded there as he made that trip around the world. Uh, Kind of a Charles Lindbergh of today, an 18-year-old. Could you imagine flying around the world? I can't imagine flying around the parking lot in an airplane. I, I don't have the brain power to be a pilot. But golly, to do that at 18 years old, what a what a life this young man's got, an 18-year-old Southerner from Louisiana flying around the world. Well, President Trump announced Tuesday that he's going to lift restrictions on ethanol. He went to Iowa for a campaign rally last night, and he's going to allow year-round sales of gasoline with higher blends of ethanol, which is a boon for Iowa corn farmers and other states that grow corn that a push for greater sales of the corn-based fuel, and he's going to announce the uh, he announced the lifting of a federal ban on summer sales of the high ethanol blends during a trip to Iowa last night, and he said that the company the country is unleashing the power of E15 to fuel our country all year long, as he said, it's an amazing substance. You look at the Indy cars; they run 100% on ethanol. All right. There's your excuse for going fast on the highway if you get stopped by the trooper. Hey, it's because I'm following the president's orders. i got ethanol fuel in my car, and I I can't help it. My car is going 200 miles per hour. (laughs) But congratulations to all of the farmers in the south that might benefit from this, having ethanol be a more abundant product out there in the marketplace. A Terrell, Texas baby is the first to undergo a life-changing surgery. A woman there in Texas, Sarah Powell, is 19 weeks pregnant, and she's learned that her unborn son, Uriah, has spina bifida, which is a birth defect caused when the spine and spinal cord do not form properly, and in many cases leave a portion of the spine exposed, and a condition causes different levels of disability, including paralysis as an option and lifelong bladder issues. Well... She's been referred to a Dr. Timothy Crumblehorn, and he's opened a new fetal care center at the Medical City Children's Hospital in Dallas, Texas. And they're doing this fetal surgery, which will go in and try to fix the problem or help the problem while the baby is still in the womb. So kind of a remarkable type of surgery going on in Texas right now. So we wish this woman the best as she'll have surgery on her baby while in the womb. That is amazing stuff here in 2018. In Tennessee, a state trooper who's been on the detail for gubernatorial candidate Carl Dean, the Democratic nominee in the state of Tennessee, this state trooper has been removed from the nominee's security detail because he allegedly leaked info to the Republican campaign of Bill Lee and he's been disciplined. And the Tennessee Department of Homeland Security Commissioner issued a statement talking about this on Tuesday. After becoming aware of the allegations in a complaint, the Colonel of the Homeland Security Commission immediately removed this trooper from protective detail and ordered an internal inquiry by the department's Inspectional Services Bureau. The review determined that the trooper's action violated confidentiality agreement signed earlier by all troopers assigned to the protective details. Now, if true, is a pretty low blow by this trooper who shouldn't be helping or talking to anybody. Good Lord, what's wrong with these folks in in today's world? Also in the state of Tennessee, there's a man on death row right now. He's scheduled to be executed this week, and the state has denied the request by this inmate, Edmund Zagorski, to die in the electric chair and now plans are going forward for him to be executed tomorrow by lethal injection. His attorney said she was considering legal options on his behalf, but state officials could not be reached for comment late Tuesday about this decision. Zagorsky's attorney had asked the U.S. Supreme Court for a stay earlier in the day after announcing Monday that they had chosen to die by electrocution rather than legal injection, stating he believed electrocution to be quicker and less painful. Zagorsky was sentenced in 1984 for the slayings of two men during a drug deal. Zagorsky shot John Dodson and Jimmy Porter, then slit their throats and robbed them in Robertson County, which is north of Nashville, in April of 1993. The last time Tennessee put someone to death in the electric chair was back in 2007. Most states, if not all, have gotten away from that form of execution. Deer season is underway in the state of Missouri, and officials there are spreading the word of a deadly disease that has spread all across the southeast Missouri region. Dozens of hunters and landowners went to a meeting at Cape Girardeau Nature Center on Tuesday night to get an overview of chronic wasting disease, or CWD, and how they can help prevent more deer from getting infected. And I've seen photos of deer that have been kind of diagnosed with CWD, and i It's just an awful, deadly disease. They look like they're emaciated, and hunters and landowners are worried about this disease spreading in Missouri, and perhaps it's gotten across the Mississippi into some of our other southern states. But, yes, deer in Missouri certainly under attack by this disease. Hey, Halloween's not too far away, and the city of Chesapeake, Virginia, is attempting to keep the trick part of trick-or-treating to a minimum by threatening jail time, for Halloween troublemakers over 12 years old, the city has said it will, won't will be actively seeking out violations, but an ordinance there states, if anyone over 12 years of age participates in trick-or-treat or any similar activity, he or she shall be guilty of a misdemeanor and shall be punished by a fine of not less than $25 nor more than $100 or by confinement in jail for not more than six months or both. Chesapeake, Virginia officials have offered a little bit, bit more clarity to the seemingly harsh rule for older kids looking to dress up and join in on the fun. And so they're not going to put up with foolishness there in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sounds like a place I'd want to be on Halloween. I think Halloween and Valentine's Day are two holidays that just need to go by the wayside. I'm sorry. One is, is really ridiculous, and that would be Halloween, in my opinion. And one has just frankly gotten out of hand, and that would be Valentine's Day. But uh, I don't want to be... A, I don't want to be the the party pooper here on this show. Just uh, That's just my thoughts. Also Halloween-related, a haunted house in Nashville turned gruesome when a woman stabbed her friend with a knife, thinking it was a prop. Golly, this happened on Friday of last week at a Nashville Nightmare Halloween attraction, and this woman thought that this prop was a real knife, and she stabbed her friend with it. Just never know what could happen. Woo! Okay, there's a reason to stay out of those things. And finally, in Memphis, Tennessee, there's a new $100,000 campaign going on right now where Memphians are asked not to litter. A $100,000 campaign. And it's attracting and targeting Memphians ages 16 to 34. It's got Penny Hardaway, the Memphis Tigers basketball coach and a Memphis legend, and other people appearing in this campaign to have anti-litter be the norm in the city of memphis and having lived in memphis for a time there's a lot of trash on the streets but some of it's not necessarily something people throw away it's the people in memphis sometimes can be trashy i don't know what they can do about that but look for these ads to appear in print on the radio and on television maybe we need to get them on the y'all show hey i'd like to have a hundred thousand dollar ad campaign come our way here on the show and feature penny hardaway who's getting ready to start a new season of coaching Memphis Tiger basketball in a couple weeks. And that's what's going on in the South. Again, we want to keep in mind Hurricane Michael. To all our friends who may be in areas affected by that, please stay safe, follow orders from your local officials, and let's get through this. When we come back on the other side of the timeout, Jonathan leifheit got an update on Florida State. The Seminoles aren't playing this week, but they are moving out of Florida this week to get away from Hurricane Michael. He'll tell us about that and all the action from this past weekend. In ACC football, as we broadcast from Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Y'all Show with John Raw. Oh, come
1: on! We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage, but they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Move it. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
2: Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions
3: apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (gasps)
0: Y'all talk with a southern accent with your host John Rawl and as we do each and every Wednesday on the Y'all program we have Jonathan Lifeite of CBS Sports Digital and 24-7 Sports drop by for our ACC banter and boy we have some good ACC talk to discuss with Jonathan. Hello Jonathan welcome back to the Y'all show. Thanks thanks for having me this week. All right well we I glad to catch you now, Jonathan. It sounds like you're on the road. Well, I've been on the road this week too. In fact, let me test your knowledge. I was in Lebanon, Tennessee, this week Now that has a little bit of a historic connection with your alma mater.
5: Yes, it does,
0: and that would be the home of Cumberland University. but in nineteen sixteen in nineteen sixteen, Georgia Tech played Cumberland on the gridiron, and Georgia Tech won two hundred and twenty two to zero. And the biggest butt whooping in college football history—I'm sure you remember that game well.
5: Yes, I, I was uh, in the stands for sure, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, actually, actually, they uh, celebrated the 102nd anniversary of that game just this past week. So it's a uh, 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 kind of a memorable week to uh, for you to have been in Lebanon.
0: Yeah. Well, they call it Lebanon. You got if you're gonna say it, you gotta say it right, Jonathan. It's. Uh-
5: Oh, I, I can say it however they want and it, it, I know it, how to say Albanese. I know it, how to say... It, it's tell, two, tell, tell
0: two, two, two syllables, Lebanon. Just like in North Georgia, it's not Laf- Lafayette. It's Lafayette, Georgia.
5: Yeah. I'm very familiar with that
0: one. Okay, and that's the way they pronounce it in other parts of the South. But I, don't, I guess you're talking about an official observance of the 102nd anniversary of the beating of Cumberland... 100 and uh, 222 to nothing there really was something official because
5: well no there wasn't an official uh, ceremony or anything like that but it was uh, the game actually happened you know 102 years ago This uh, past. Year, so.
0: well i mean the one reason i bring this up jonathan I-, I did pass through lebanon but i thought of cumberland last friday night when georgia tech was playing football against louisville because it seemed like louisville was cumberland college out there on the field at times
5: yeah, they certainly played like it. Georgia Tech uh, pretty much played about, well, they played as flawless as you can possibly play on offense, uh, scoring on every single possession they had. The only improvement they could have done is one possession, they kicked a lowly field goal instead of a touchdown.
0: Well, don't forget, at the very end of the game, they let Louisville get a garbage touchdown. And so Georgia Tech had one snap at the final play of the game, and they didn't get a touchdown on that drive. That one snap, at the clock ended. Yep.
5: Yeah, and at that point, they figured, hey, why bother?
0: Yeah, so Georgia Tech, with scores of 21 in the first quarter, 10 in the second, 14 in the third, and 21 in the fourth, demolished Louisville. Georgia Tech, if you want to call it, improves. Tech now 3-3 three and three on the year. Louisville drops to 2-4 and four overall and 0-3 and in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Not good for Bobby Petrino.
5: No, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy.
0: <laughs> now, what does this win mean for Georgia Tech? It looked like... Was it the opponent, or did Tech solve some of their offensive woes?
5: I think it's a little bit of both. Um, certainly, it's a lot of the issues that they've uh, had have been kind of self inflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it means that they're, you know, starting to do the right things. But I will also say that in watching what Louisville did, that was about as bad a game plan on defense as I've seen since probably. 2010 against Kansas when Georgia Tech beat down 70 to whatever it was um, in a ridiculous blowout then, too. So um, really bad game plan, really bad execution on Louisville's part, but it was also uh, really, uh, really solid uh, play by the Jackets as well.
0: All right. Well, another butt whooping happened on a home field in the ACC, and this was on Saturday when number four Clemson went into Wake Forest and took a win at BB&T, 63-3 over the Deeks. What in the world is going on in Winston-Salem?
6: Uh,
5: you know, I, they've been suffering. They've had a few injuries of note, and, you know, they're not a real deep team to begin with. And I think Winston, you know, after having survived Syracuse, after surviving Texas A&M, I think they were just kind of ready to, to kind of put it all together and, and uh, you know, kind of lay the butt whipping on somebody. Trevor Lawrence... Uh, back full speed for them so you know from that perspective i think it was just a a recipe of uh, wake forest kind of in a in in a bad spot you know from a depth perspective and clemson ready to kind of turn the turn the knob up a notch and, and get things going
0: all right a couple of former big east teams had some close games last weekend bc almost pulled a comeback win at carter finley against nc state but they fell just short 28 to 23, and then in a clash of Big East former teams, you had Pittsburgh surviving in overtime over Syracuse, 44-37. Did you happen to see either one of those contests?
5: Yeah, so I did catch some of the the, the, uh, Pitt-Syracuse game. That was a game that was actually impacted by weather. They had a pretty significant uh, delay uh, due to lightning in the area, so that kind of disrupted the play. But, um, you know, it just seemed like – you know that both teams, neither team could pull away, and uh, you know at, at the end of the game, Pitt was able to make the play in overtime to to to, to put it away, and, and kind of a surprise. I really thought Syracuse, you know, coming off of that close game against uh, um, Clemson and having been undefeated prior to the Clemson game, I thought they would probably win this game, and and that was one I I, I was uh, pretty uh, pretty wrong on.
0: Yeah, Clemson of course did barely escape against Syracuse, and now as a result of losing at Pitt too, the Orangemen are 1-2 and two in ACC play, 4-2 overall. And Pitt, who would have thought this? The Panthers are now 2-1 and one in the conference with that win over Syracuse. By the way, love the old uniforms that Pitt wore last week. They should wear that all the time. Because, frankly, they look just like Georgia Tech. They look just like a couple of other ACC programs when they come out there with that navy and gold. So message to the Pitt fans, keep that old royal blue color from the 70s alive just for the uniform nerds like me. Another team that was in the Big East, not uh, maybe not as fully embedded in the Big East for a long time, but Virginia Tech, they had a home game against Notre Dame this past weekend. And Notre Dame was the better team as the Irish got a 45 45- 23 victory and what could have been a statement by the Hokies they let it all fall apart there at Lane Stadium where they had the statue unveiling there for Frank Beamer but it wasn't a historic night on the gridiron for Hokie fans
5: yeah they had that game close it was 17-16 and then uh, um, Willis threw a pick six or I think it was I can't remember if it was a a pick six or if it was a a fumble return but it was a turnover for a touchdown and after that notre dame just seemed to, to slowly pull away and and uh put the Hokies away so um you know you mentioned it was a, a statement game by the Hokies I actually think the team that made the statement was notre dame yeah. they look like they're actually pretty much for real this year
0: yeah they, if you look at their schedule they kind of have smooth sailing the rest of the way not really challenged too much by unbelievable teams now florida state could go in there and, and pull a shocker but speaking of the Knowles, man what a great game between the Knowles and their rival the hurricanes last week and miami somehow comes out with a 28 27 win and miami trailed big time in the second half and had a comeback win what a great game
5: yeah that was a good game i did get a chance to watch that um you could definitely tell florida state came amped and ready to play uh, probably from a enthusiasm and and uh you know effort standpoint that was probably florida state's best effort of the season that they've seemed kind of listless and confused up till now but they went out there and played with some purpose and uh and i know uh we'll probably talk about it some more but uh they were within a whisker of uh winning that game on that uh on that fourth on that uh, the flea flicker whatever you want to call that play uh that they uh, that they play that they had that was called back
0: yeah now was that the story I read this week that I don't know if you saw it that Coach Willie Taggart had submitted a trick play against Miami to the ACC for clarity on a I guess proposed trick play was that was that approved or was there another trick play up his sleeve?
5: No, no, no. What he did was um, so after the game, you're allowed to you know if you have an issue with the officiating in the game, you can go back to them and say, okay, this was called this way. Can you tell me why it was called this way? And what we can do in the future in order for it not to be called this way? In this case, um, Florida State in that particular trick play was called for two forward passes. And if you look at the replay, um, the replay official said, uh, told, "Told Tiger, hey, clearly this was a forward pass, two forward passes." But if you look at the replay and all of the all of the things that I've seen, I don't think it was quite that clear cut. As a matter of fact, I think Florida State
6: might have gotten uh, might have gotten screwed on that deal. Oh. Well, that's not good.
0: Well, they No, it's not. The thing's not good. And we want to keep Tallahassee and the panhandle of Florida in mind as they deal with Hurricane Florida. In fact, I'm not sure if any decisions have been made yet with FSU football for this weekend. But, uh well,
5: fortunately, FSU is on a bye this week. Okay. Um, but they have actually moved. Uh, the Florida State football team has moved out of the state hype Um, As of right now, I'm not sure where they were headed in order to go practice, but they did move them out um, for this week in order to kind of take the the, in order to get their practice in. Um, But yeah, this is going to go right through the middle of, of Florida State territory right down there. I believe it's scheduled to come on shore right around Mexico Beach, Panama City. Hmm. And then as it traverses, it'll head right up through Tallahassee. So they're they're likely to see hurricane-force winds up there in Tallahassee.
0: All right, I want to keep them in mind. All right, we got more football talk coming up with Jonathan Leifle of CBS Sports Digital. When we come back, we're going to talk about this week in football, as the Knolls have the week off, but there's a lot of good ACC action on the gridiron. We'll talk about that, plus a big hoop commit for the Duke Blue Devils That's ahead on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Ever
2: wonder why Europeans seem to speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Babbel's award-winning technology gets you speaking right away, whether you're learning Spanish, French, or German. And best of all, you'll remember what you've learned. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Using Babbel's 10 to 15-minute lessons, you can be speaking confidently in your new language within weeks.
7: I was amazed that I could start having real-life conversations right away. It was so fast. Now I'm speaking Spanish.
4: Woohoo! <laughs>
2: No wonder Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Try it for yourself and see why Babbel is the quick way to get conversational in a new language, like Spanish, French, or more. You can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot Or download the app to try it for free. That's Babbel.com.
0: We are back on y'all, the ACC Spotlight with Jonathan Lifite. I'm your host, John Rawl. You can reach out to Jonathan or myself here anytime at 803-816-1170. Call or text that number. We'd love to get your input on this show that's all about the South. Now, Tuesdays, we have what we call the sports lanyard where we look at maybe the group of five schools and FCS schools, give them some love. As we mentioned on the Tuesday, y'all, how about the Elon Phoenix getting a big win this past weekend in CAA action as they knocked off James Madison, and that was the first conference loss by the Dukes in 20 games. So a good job by Elon right there on Tobacco Road, sandwiched between Winston-Salem and Chapel Hill. So um, maybe you'll have some converts from the Hills to the Phoenix now. But, uh, yeah, we do that on Tuesdays, the smaller college. And then on Wednesdays, we look at ACC. And Thursdays, it's SEC. And Fridays, we have General Gridiron Field Marshal of Football Foretelling, where he gets you set up for Saturday's Gridiron action. And all that right here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Now back to talking ACC football with Jonathan Leifheit. As we mentioned, the Knowles of Florida State have left the state of Florida because of Hurricane Michael. They are off this week, so good, uh, I guess, timing there to not have a game that they would have to worry about rescheduling or canceling this weekend. Other matchups going on this week, you got the Duke Blue Devils traveling to Bobby Dodd Stadium for a game against the Ramblin' Rick of Georgia Tech. Jonathan, your thoughts on that matchup?
5: Yeah, that's a big game for both teams. You know, Duke had had, uh, crept up into the rankings before uh, uh, they ended up uh, squaring off against uh, Virginia Tech, And, and so they were of course, soundly beaten there, but um, they've had uh, Georgia Tech's number, I think, winning three out of the last four, and uh, so, you know, from, from that perspective, uh, I think I think Georgia Tech's looking for a little payback on that, and then, of course, the Jackets got to had that little uh, three-game losing streak. Now, they put two back-to-back uh, wins on the table, so they're looking to, to kind of bounce back, and if they want to stay in the coastal race, uh, you can't lose any more games at this point, so they're uh, they, this is a must, I think a must win situation for the Jackets. And of course, Duke is, uh, you know, they, they don't want to get that uh, second loss either.
0: Do we have any kind of front runner yet on the coastal side of the division?
5: Uh, you know, probably not. I would say if, if there is one, it's Miami. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're right now undefeated. So, uh, in terms of the of coastal play or conference play, um, I would put them out there in front of, of, of anybody until they lose and prove otherwise. But, you know, after Miami, you know, you've got a group of them, Virginia Tech, Duke, um, you know, Pitt's only got one loss, so that, that you got to put them up there right now, although I haven't been that impressed with them thus far. So, But uh, to me, if you're going to have a front runner, it's going to be Miami right now. After that, I'm not so sure. Well, on the
0: Atlantic side, until further notice, Clemson is the favorite there. And on the Atlantic side, Louisville, Travels to Boston College this weekend. Pitt goes out of conference to face their old rival Notre Dame. That's a 2:30-1:30 Central kick on NBC Saturday. This is an interesting Coastal Division matchup. Miami traveling to Scott Stadium in Charlottesville to take on the Virginia Cavaliers, and then the Hokies trying to rebound after that setback to Notre Dame. They go to Keenan Stadium for a battle against the Hills of north carolina jonathan thoughts on any of those matchups
5: yeah i i i don't see too much i think uh miami should be able to handle uh the uh, the, the cavaliers and uh uh Pitt. they're probably going to get blown out by notre dame so uh you know there's that one um after that uh probably virginia tech we'll you know we'll just kind of have to see how, how some of those go
0: Jonathan, let me ask you about the arrangement Notre Dame has with the ACC. They play five ACC opponents a year, right? That is correct. Now, historically, Notre Dame has played Pittsburgh a good bit, and they played Boston College a good bit. Are those two teams kind of showing up in that rotation more than the other schools, or are they just equals in the way that those games get scheduled?
5: At this point, they're all equals, so you know it's five-team five ro- um, rotation, and they'll – uh, you know, everybody gets their the same number, and they ro- rotate through them just like everybody else.
0: Okay. And are you okay with that?
5: I'm okay with that. I think it's a it's a good out of conference matchup. Forces you know, kind of puts a I think a, a good. Uh, for, there's a few teams in, in the ACC that I don't think necessarily do a good job of out of conference scheduling, and I think having the, having the Notre Dame in there. Kind of puts them on notice to, that they got to do that they you know that they're going to have to play a game of of, uh, of, of consequence. So
0: well, let's name names. Who are you mad at?
5: Uh, I wouldn't say mad at, but just disappointed in. And and I'll be honest, probably NC State's one of the bigger offenders. And uh, you look at one of them, and then uh, Duke has not exactly stepped out for any games either. So okay. there's a couple of them. Uh, you know, Syracuse probably on that on that list as well.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let it out now on the y'all show. We're here for your improvement. <laughs> okay. So that is the weekend here in college football. Week seven. Who would have thought that we're more than halfway through the football season right now? And a couple of teams like Florida State not in action, but you've got a, a nice lineup of conference football going on this weekend. Now, Jonathan, how about the ACC basketball news that we wanted to pass along to folks before we sign off with you for the week? Wendell Moore has committed to Duke over UNC, NC State, and Wake Forest. He's out of Cox Mill High School in North Carolina. He's a six foot six shooter. And out of those four schools on Tobacco Road, he's going to suit up in Blue Devil Blue.
5: Yeah, and uh, no surprise, the rich get richer on, uh, when it comes to basketball. So um, Duke has, I think, pulled in a top five class um, every year for about the last four years. Uh, and in some cases, they've even had the top rated class. So uh, no surprise. Um, I think the big surprise for Duke this year is that, that Wendell Moore actually marks their first commit. So um, really kind of surprised to see them a little behind. They're still in it with a whole lot of players and a whole lot of top 10 players, so they could easily close this class out with a really good good run of players. But, uh, you know, they, they just seem to pile them up.
0: And Moore is a five-star prospect and the number three shooting forward in the country. And, again, he's picked Duke. Do you reckon these recruits go to Duke because of the incredible warmth and glowing personality of Mike Krzyzewski?
5: Uh, i i'm pretty sure that is the case he's got a track record of winning and he's got a track record of putting guys in the nba so
0: <laughs> so you didn't answer he, my question uh, no i did not <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't think a 16 year old kid can relate to roughly a 70 year old west point alum who isn't going to win an award for his humor
5: yeah, probably not but apparently he's doing something right because guess what they're flocking to flock into Durham like there's no tomorrow, and they're they're recruiting at as about a as high a level as you can possibly
0: recruit. All right, well, congratulations to Duke with that latest prospect. Of course, you can keep up with all types of basketball recruiting and football recruiting at any of the 24-7 sports affiliates for ACC schools and Jonathans with GoJackets.com, and that's part of the CBS Sports digital platform. And, Jonathan, thank you for your great insight once again on the Y'all Show, bringing the ACC heat. Love it.
5: Yep, I enjoy it. Thanks for having me again this
0: week. All right, safe travels to you today, and especially if you're passing through Lebanon, Tennessee, home of the Cumberland Bulldogs. All right, Jonathan, we'll talk to you next week. Well, that will conclude today's y'all show for Hour 1. When we come back in Hour 2, my goodness, we're going to have a report as we're right here on Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee, and our friend Precious Harris, our normal Nashville Music Line host, is going to sit here right beside me. And we're going to talk country music and we're going to bring on a special country music talent. Jess Taylor will be here and she's going to sing, y'all. And it's going to be...
1: We see it every day. They cut you off. And they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
0: And welcome back to Hour 2 of the Wednesday, y'all, from Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. This is a show all about the South with your host, John Rawlin, here as we start this hour. We are on Music Row, and we're at the home of the Nashville Music Line, and we've got Precious Harris right here with us. Hello, Precious.
9: Hey, John. I'm so glad you got to come today. Yeah,
0: well, thank you for the Southern hospitality. <laughs>
9: you're welcome i love it i'm well, just glad you're here
0: well we, we've talked many times of course through the telephone and I, i'm not too many hollers away from nashville but it's always great to be here on 17th avenue and see all the construction i know you love that
9: oh don't even go there i yeah. blew my horn so many times at the dump truck it almost took my <laughs> front ender out yes my front ender you know what that is it's the front fender of my car ah. <laughs>
0: All right, well, thank you. you. You have your own lexicon, so we appreciate it. Of course, you're married to a Brit, so they have their own strange way with the English language. But since they invented it, I guess we shouldn't be picking on Brits for the English language. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, we are going to talk to you about Nashville stuff in just a few minutes, and we're also going to have a very special guest sit here with you, and that's Jess Taylor. Tell us just a snippet of Jess, so we'll make sure to hang on for the rest of the hour to hear her interview.
9: Well, uh, I actually met Jess last summer, Okay, but she had already been in Nashville. She uh, was 22 on her birthday in April, and I'm, she was in Nashville with a record deal and a publishing deal when she was 16. Really? And uh, they ended up moving here when she turned 20, after she got out of school and everything, and her parents actually just relocated here for the music. And she came on board last year, and we've had a single to radio called Crooked Roots, and she just got through writing with another one of uh I call my music siblings, a song called bump in the night and uh she's not going to play it today because we haven't got it copyrighted we got everything else copyrighted
0: well uh, a little birdie told me that we're going to actually hear crooked roots later in the hour we've got the studio version of that we're going to let people hear some of that awesome whenever jess comes on and then she's going to debut the song bump in the night (sighs) oh i don't know have you heard it
9: yes yes it's amazing. It's not
0: X-rated, is it? The no. Way, the way you're sounding. <laughs> no, it's just that uh,
9: when, uh, you know, it's it's corporate and everything, but it, I, this little girl came to town that I haven't seen in a while, in a couple of years. She's married got big babies now. and said, I miss music. So I put her and Jess together, and within an hour and ten minutes, this song had written and was out the door. bumping the night. bumping the night. It was well, really
0: good. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing from Jess, who is a Floridian, and we're looking forward to introducing you here on the Y'all Show Later this hour. All right, Precious, before we get to country music, let's talk a little hashtag hullabaloo. You think you could write a song called hashtag hullabaloo?
9: I'm afraid because I'm just learning what a hashtag is and how to do it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, when you get on social media, you find the most insane, some funny though, amazing things out there. And we're going to dig into hashtag hullabaloo for a few minutes now. And I found this tweet from Kurt Von Schleckler. Sounds like a German, but I think he's actually from Alabama. And he is a bad golfer and he's a Christian. So I don't think golf and Christianity go together. At least when I'm on the course, the Lord would not be very proud of me. <laughs> you're laughing, but it's true.
7: I know, but you're so right.
0: Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. However, I said it on last week. I don't How much do you know about golf?
9: I watched Eric Hesley get an 18-and-1. Is
0: that a golf tournament? 18-and-1. <laughs> is that a term? I can do that.
9: <laughs>
0: a hole in one
9: That's it. On an 18-hole golf course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I knew there was something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. If everybody got 18 shots, uh, we would all be geniuses. Now, my, I'm bragging on my family. I don't like to normally brag. But I have a niece who is 15 years old. And last week, she shot an albatross, which an albatross is a double eagle. Which means on a par five course, that means you should get the ball in the hole if you do what you're supposed to in five shots, and she made it in two. Wow! And it's no, very I have rare. heard of that. That it, is amazing. It's even it's even more rare than a hole in eighteen or a hole in one. Is the is <laughs> <laughs> yeah? That be yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> and
9: this is true vlogs. So yeah. Let's go for it. All
0: right, Kurt von Schleicher. Let's get to what you said, and this is something appropriate for right here on Music Row in Nashville. Kurt writes, what's kind of different about the South? I've come across musicians. They're real with great stories along with their Southern music. And as someone who works on music Row every day and tell me about how you can kind of tell if there is a difference between those musicians, singer, songwriters from the South versus any other part of the world, really.
9: Well, they, the way that they play the guitar. Really? Yeah. A lot of times or are accompanying themselves. Um, Like, for instance, the one in the north seems to be more structured writing that's been writing in New York and Jersey. But then they want to come to country. They come to Nashville to do country, and they're like, whoa, you all co-write down here? I've never done that. Then I have a client named Grady James who's from Palm Beach, California, and he had never co-written a song. He's got a degree in music from the Musicians Institute. And I said, well, if you're going to be a songwriter in Nashville, you don't have to learn how to co-write, but if you get a publishing deal, they will put you together with other like-minded songwriters in that publishing company. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Sony. You're going to have to learn to co-write. He goes, but I don't know what that is. Huh. So he brings the California flavor in as a great musician, right? And I have a country, of kid from Alabama put with him, and they wrote the most incredible song. Really, it's actually the other song he wrote. It's actually on the radio right now with a Louisiana boy named Guyth Rigdon, and it's called. Um, Body Language was the one he wrote uh, with my other Southern boys, but the one he's got out now, he wrote with a kid from New Jersey that turned country called Way Down.
0: Oh, all right. Well, does that mean Dolly Parton is a Yankee? Because, you know, most of her career, she's been a solo songwriter. and in, in fact, just recently, she helped co-write a song, which was a real Linda, different...
9: Yeah. Um, I can't remember Linda's last name, but let me tell you about Dolly. Dolly's very special. Dolly had a lot of siblings, but there, wasn't a, there was not a no TV, not a lot of things where she grew up. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons why she's been a soul songwriter, S-O-L-E, uh, is because that she would have already known that most of her life.
6: Mm-hmm.
9: And she had very few co-writes, but she did it. You know, she had Velvet Apple Music Company and things like that. But Dolly is one of those rare, rare artists that had started writing when she was really, li- really little. And that's all she's ever known. So she's used to that. You know, and that's
6: why.
0: All right, well, Kurt Benchleckler, thank you for your music-related tweet. We appreciate that on hashtag hullabaloo. Now, let's go over to something else I know is near and dear to precious, and that's a little football talk. Billy Gamilla, we've had Billy on as a guest. He is a writer about LSU sports. He's the managing editor of And the Valley Shook on SBNation.com, and he put on his Twitter identity, Mama always said I was a talented boy. (laughs)
9: I love him. I yeah. don't need everybody, but I like him well, already. Well, you like people
0: from Louisiana. I do, I do. too. Well, I,
9: have, I mean, my best man was from Louisiana. Who was that? Dr. Ray Watts, who's oh, over okay. the Pediatric Center down in Tulane. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. The green wave. Yeah. Well, Billy put a tweet out this week on Twitter with the question, who is the most Southern team? And he gave three choices, actually. Okay. So those three are Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn. And that's that's kind of strange coming from a guy who works with LSU all the time. So LSU is not very Southern, according to their own managing editor, of, and the Valley Shook. So what's the most Southern school?
9: But see, I have got I used to be engaged with someone from Auburn. Yeah. And one of my clients, former clients, actually wrote Road Tide Road like a song. Check it out. His name is Carter Hamrick. Okay. And he used to play it for the uh, Road Tide Road football games at Homecoming about five or six years ago. So, and the other one, Georgia, I've noticed that when you're watching Auburn play, you see a whole big wad of tobacco, I mean, (laughs) excuse me, tobacco, 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 sorry, tobacco, yeah, got it right, okay. Backer. Backer, yeah. Big wad in their mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, I go by that, honestly, because you have to be really country and southern to have a wad of tobacco, because you know you're going to spit it on the football field, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to try and step in it, right?
0: Yeah, I think is so. that not country? That's pretty country, but this isn't about being country. This is about being southern, and oh, I would okay. I would just jump in there as a guy who has uh, got a degree from this school. I would say that the school once known as Ole Miss would have been the easy winner of this category if you had asked this ten years ago, but because of their political correctness in Oxford, that I'm not sure the Mississippi Land Sharks are part of that southern equation. So yeah, all three good southern choices, and we'll give the award today to Auburn, <laughs> thanks to Precious. Here on our hashtag hullabaloo. Well, that is a an abbreviated look at hashtag hullabaloo. The reason we're cutting it short is we gotta talk country music. When we come back on the y'all show, we're gonna get the latest from Music Row. In fact, I'm excited about an event going on tonight, and I gotta ask this lady beside, beside me what she knows about this incredible event. It's the Y'all Show from Nashville, Music City, Tennessee, and don't forget we got Jess Taylor coming up soon too. Don't go anywhere.
1: We see it every day. They cut you off. And they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car. Because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
0: To y'all talk with a southern accent, can you say that, Precious?
9: Southern accent,
0: talk with a southern accent. Uh,
9: yeah, they make fun of me when I go to England (laughs) all the time.
0: All right, we have Precious Harris right here beside us, the lovely Precious Harris, and we're talking country music from Nashville today, our first broadcast from Music Row. And we love to spotlight country music on the Wednesday edition of this all southern program. Coming up, just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Jess Taylor. And she works closely with Precious. You're going to learn more about this extremely talented Floridian who's a singer-songwriter making her mark in country music. And you'll get to hear a little bit of her music. So don't miss out on Jess Taylor coming up in just a few. Now, Precious, tonight in Nashville, they've got the Dottie West Birthday Bash. And this is the second annual star-studded event that honors the life of Dottie West, who we lost roughly, what, 1990-ish is when she died. So it's been only about 30 years since she was killed going to the Grand Ole Opry. Going to the
9: Grand Ole Opry, and uh, I think somebody might have been driving her because her car was messed up, something. she caused one to take her, if I'm not mistaken. I have to – her actually, one of her children and I were really good friends at Belmont. Really? And we were friends when that happened, and – I remember being di- very difficult. We just never mentioned it ever again in our friendship.
0: Well, tonight they're going to have the second annual celebration of Dottie West. Of course, she had some good music with folks like Kenny Rogers. Steve Warner was a part of her band at one time. Huge, And, and yes. Steve's going to be at the event that also will include Ricky Skaggs, Kentucky Thunder, which is Ricky Skaggs' band. Jeannie Seeley's helped putting this event on. Larry Gatlin will be there tonight, as well as Warner, the Time Jumpers, the Whites, Tim Atwood, and other guests and surprises. And this happens tonight in Nashville. And donations are accepted at the door in lieu of tickets. And this is going to be a great event at 3rd and Lindsley in Nashville as it's the Dottie West Birthday Bash.
9: Yes, and I saw Jeannie twice last week. We were laughing about it. I saw her at the Source Awards. Uh, She was one of the co-hosts there. Her and Brenda Lee. And Brenda Lee's about a foot and a half shorter than she is. Well, but they,
0: they're, they're about your, your height, <laughs> not to pick on you, but...
9: I, well, me and to get at least eye to eye a yeah, little okay. bit, you know, but she had her heels on. She looked amazing, and of course, the most gorgeous jewelry. And uh, and then I saw her again at, uh, at the uh, CMA bash the next night. Oh, wow. But she looked down at me, and she just waved, like, like I see you everywhere.
0: Well, Precious is everywhere. That's one reason we we're glad to have her here on the Nashville Music Line. And she also is the author of College of Songology. You can go to collegeofsongology.com and check out her book. Go to Amazon. And if you want to know about the music business, this is your source right here. And I want to know about the music business, so I, I, need, to, I need to have you read that thing, on, and we'll record it on tape, and I can listen to you every night as I go to bed. How about you know, that? You know what the
9: best thing is? What? Uh, when I have the kids, I say, what is one thing? I give them a piece of advice. I go, what are a piece of advice? Well, first of all, you're going to need an attorney before you can afford one. Yeah. <laughs> Number two is you can get more trouble on Music Row with a pen than you can a pistol. So there's just some of my little... You know, because they really can.
0: Preciousisms. Preciousisms. All right, now you are always on the go. But if you if you see Precious, and we're videoing this today to send out to the world via video, check it out at y'all, the Twitter page at y'all show, and we'll have the link to the video. Precious, you had a late night last night.
9: Yes. A late night, really late, which is probably why that I look like I've...
0: You look beautiful. Well, thank but you, but But in case somebody says, you know, she looks like she might be a little tired, or it's where <laughs> you're from, it's tarred. Tarred. Yep, why are you tarred. tarred today? What was going on? Well,
9: I had the Ray Charles Tribute Concert last night.
0: And who? where was that? What was that?
9: At the Grand Opera House, and it was... Uh, they've done a CD, actually. Uh, uh, Darius Rucker was there, and mm-hmm. I want to say Boys to Men. Get my notes, because uh, I ended up making sure all the kids were there, but I did not stay. Okay, Chris Young, and it was and um, it was the Opry salutes Ray Charles.
0: Was this something that was being televised?
9: Yes, and they actually did. Trisha Yearwood was there Sunday night at the because uh, I had people go to the rehearsals too. I had people both nights. Okay, and uh, it was just an incredible event. The kids were. Um, Sending me texts, you know, and they go to the, I said, do not text on TV. Come to the bathroom and text if you have to during the break. So they were giving me feeds from, you know, the different things like that. But I wish I could have went. But I had uh, a couple of clients in here with the College of Songology that has, uh, had put a single out last February. Did not copyright the song. Really? Yeah. So I had to get the cover art stuff last night. And, and had to get if
0: you'd read her book, you'd know all about yeah, gotta protect
9: you. And then the other one, his other co-writer's got a single coming out, and he didn't know he had to get an embedded IRC code into a song to get paid on digital downloads. Hmm. And he didn't know he had to get permission from his roommate who wrote the song with him to record the song, so I had to get a mechanical license done. So I got home about nine o'clock last night, in the middle of having like twenty kids at the opera house and three here in my office.
0: Wow. Now, of course, Ray Charles, you may not think of Nashville and Ray Charles, the late legend from Georgia. But, of course, he had some success in country music. He had Seven Spanish Angels with Willie Nelson. That mm-hmm. was a big hit back in the 80s. Any Ray Charles stories you want to share with us?
9: Well, I, I do remember seeing him at the Arbor Land Hotel.
0: Did he see you?
9: Oh you kidding? He had too many people around him. He was getting mobbed, and security <laughs> was, was like in the late Okay, 80s. we're just going yeah.
0: to let, let that yeah. one hang there. I'm like, forget it. Y'all can mob him. She... she Tell people what color your hair is. Blonde. Okay, all right. Keep going with your story. Well, see,
9: the problem is you couldn't, he had so many people, like all the security was dressed in dark yeah. outfits. So he on. didn't see you? He didn't see me. He had like all these security and secret service that looked like, he looked like the president was in the hotel. He had so many people around him and wow. fans realizing, because here's what would happen. They would pass him up because he's just his glasses. You look, you did a double take and people would turn around and start running back toward him. By the time I got to him. <laughs> It's like when Garth Brooks made his first appearance at country radio seminar after he had his big hit. There was like 200, 300 people pushing against the stage. Uh And I fell down and fell into his boot. And he'd get on the microphone and he was back it up now. He was like, make everybody back. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they used to be a star sighting area. Okay. In the 90s was the whole hotel.
0: Well, I know uh, getting to more current country music, there's also something else I think you just told me about that you went to another party of some type.
9: Yes. Well, they had, I didn't get to go last week to Thomas Rhett, but I'm going tomorrow to, I think it's the fourth number one for a new kid Who? named Brent Young. He's ah. nominated for New Artist of the Year for the CMA Awards in November. Okay. And it's called Mercy. Oh, Mercy. And I'm very excited about that because his roommate actually writes in my office. Oh, really? And he's getting married pretty soon, so there's probably not going to be roommates very you much think longer. Brent Young
0: will be performing at his wedding?
9: Uh, I don't know. He might have written a special song for his fiance. They've been together forever.
0: There's probably got to be a certain equation. You're you got it. might be in your book, College of Songology. When an artist, it's not cool to get them to do special favors anymore, like playing at weddings. And hey, you know, you want to record something real quick for me? At yeah. what level of fame does that kind of stop? Well, it
9: just depends on you know. A lot of times, the managers get involved. But if you've been with someone forever, basically. For instance, let's just say somebody from Oklahoma went to high school with Garth. They still have to go through his management company okay. to do that. But if they're writing together, like I know that they call them the, the Georgia peach pickers, you know, they don't go through management. Like you got Ben Hazlip and, yeah. and and uh, I think they may have even – I didn't get to see – I haven't had a chance to talk to Thomas' uh, Thomas's daddy, Red Aiken, since he got married. But, you know, they were all Ben Hazlip and, uh, and Dallas Davidson, all of them, the Georgia peach pickers. They do things all together and just do it without, you know, management can sit and help each other out and say, I'm going to help you do this, got kind of a benefit. So they actually made it a real thing where they usually just play out just to raise money for a charity. It's really, they do have a show at the Ryman now called the Peach Pickers and whatever charity that they're going to be, you know, right. helping. So it's pretty cool.
0: We're talking with Precious Harris, Nashville Music Line from Nashville, Tennessee, USA. Music Row. Music Row right here on 17th Avenue. we are actually them. an
9: iconic building.
0: I know we're right across the street from Studio B, RCA Studio B, but what's iconic about this building?
9: Okay, well, across from you, the music there, over there, that is uh, Eric Church's, one of his publishing companies. Okay. His people, Ross Copperman, them's over there. Um, You'll see Elvis Shane over there, and he's fixing to get a deal, and he's a Kentucky boy. But in this building, um, a friend of mine walked in the first time after we moved over here from the Buddy Lee Attractions building. He goes, oh, my God. I'm like, what? He goes, I wrote a MIDI hits in here when I write for Lorena Lynn Music. He said, I think I wrote Son of the South in this building for yeah. Travis Tritt. I'm like, you're kidding. He goes, yeah. So it was really cool. It used to be the Collins Music Building. Okay. And then Doc McGee bought it, Kiss's manager.
0: And who still has an office here? Kiss's manager. Yeah, he owns the whole building. Yeah.
9: Yeah. And he owns, he stays, he runs the downstairs because, you know, they, it's, they're big offices in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. So this is like their country division here. They have, I think, Love and Theft and uh, Thousand Horses and some other ones. But the downstairs office is all music companies. Like it's got my songwriting publishing company, my music business stuff. Cat Atwood, you know, Music City Media, and uh, Pro Images down the hall. And then we've got Artisan integ- Integration across the hall, and a country music photographer down the hall. And wow. so it's a uh, very much a music. It's got some good juju.
0: Well, we thank you for letting us come in here today to the McGee Building. On 17th Avenue, Nashville. You can't miss it. It's got McGee on the outside, and it's right across from RCA Studio B, the number one tourist attraction on Music Row. Oh, yeah. And I could literally throw a bowling ball across the street and hit that building. Now, look, before we bring on Jess, let's let's quickly get your opinion on some releases that have just come out this week. You've got new music from Tim McGraw. Also, Lauren elena has got a new song out called Ladies in the 90s. And then I see where Josh Turner has a new album called I Serve a Savior. Anything you want to say about those three amigos?
9: Yeah, well, Josh has always been wanting to do a religious record. Okay. And so, and he, you know, he is a, he actually met his wife at Belmont. But Josh is a good Christian man, good Christian husband, father.
0: Good South Carolinian.
9: He sure is. And... uh They had actually met him and his wife met at Belmont. She used to play the keyboards there on the road. Mm -hmm. But Josh has always wanted to do a record about faith. So I'm so glad he's finally got to do it, you know.
0: And and Tim McGraw also wants to do an album about faith. (laughs) You're funny.
9: (laughs) Well, see, I knew Tim, though, before he was Tim McGraw, sort of, you know. Yeah, Tim Smith. Yes, when he was, uh, well, actually, when he came to Nashville uh, and he had signed with Curb, he had a single out called Welcome to the Club.
0: Yeah. And Holiday Inn was another song he had out yeah, on but the first. Yeah,
9: but they weren't really hitting on the charts. No. And then... A friend of mine gave him a song called Indian Outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest is history.
0: A guy whose business card said, you're talking about Barnes. Yeah, uh, Tommy Barnes. Yeah, his business card. Alabama boy.
9: Bad. No, he's from Mississippi. I know, well, he said his mama lives in Boaz, Alabama. I'm pretty
0: sure he was from, oddly enough, he's from Marty Stewart's hometown of Philadelphia, Mississippi. I'm oh, pretty darn is. sure.
9: His mama just may live there now yeah. or something.
0: But he always carried around a, a business card. And if I ever got to be a songwriter, I would copy him. His business card said, uh, you know, Barnes. And the title he had was Audio and Verbal Structural Engineer, <laughs> which is a songwriter. Pretty smart.
9: Yeah, I got a story about him I have to tell you, I you won't tell.
0: Well, you better not tell us on the air. Oh, it's no- okay. It'll be fun. All right, go, fun. go ahead.
9: Okay, one day, working, when you see pictures and you see artists come in, they're usually coming to the record level, they dress really nice. Well, I was interning for a label called B&A, mm-hmm. and we had signed this guy, had long hair, his name is Aaron Barker. He oh, yeah. turned out to be the hit writer, Bobby, Baby Blue for George Strait. Had, a, had a song
0: called Taste of Freedom.
9: That's him. So, he and I've been seeing him at the office, completely dressed up in his artist attire. Okay. Well, we go over to the party for Neil McCoy because everybody hung out at Sammy B's, used to be. Yeah. And I looked across there and I see this guy in a long black trench coat with white tennis shoes looking at me waving. And I look over to Tommy and I said, Who's that guy waving at me, winking and saying hi? He goes, Precious, do you have your glasses on? I said, oh, no, it makes me look goofy because my glasses are old and I don't want to wear them. Because you might want to put your glasses on because you're his intern. He signed on b and His name is Aaron Barker. I'm like, oopsie-daisy. And he goes, oopsie-daisy. Don't ever tell anybody. So when Aaron got inducted year before last to the National Songwriters Hall of Fame, yeah. I got to tell him the story. Oh, okay. And he just busted out laughing. He goes, I wonder why I'd see you. Look here, he said you'd be going like this, squinching. Is it squinting or squinching? Well, I call it squinching.
0: But- whatever you want to say. <laughs>
9: but you know what it is though, don't you? Which is scary.
0: <laughs> but
9: yeah. He would always catch me squinting and now he knows why, because I never didn't want to put my ugly glasses on. Yeah. Now it's cool.
0: Yeah, that's right. All right, Precious, thank you for your great National Music Line report. And again, new music coming out from Tim McGraw and as well as Josh Turner and Lauren Elena with ladies in the nineties. Kind of on the pop side. I'm not happy about that. I know, but
9: is an incredible. She got a standing ovation last year at Country, or this past February seminar. She's got such a powerful voice. She's amazing.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you know who else has an amazing voice? Hey. Someone named Jess Taylor. I know. And we're going to hear from Jess Taylor. Up next is Precious. I'm actually going to turn the host role over to you, and you and Jess know each other, so I, why do I need to get in the mix? These two ladies are going to go after it, and you're going to learn about Jess. Precious is going to interview Jess, and Jess is going to play a little song for you. So stay tuned. That's up next. I'm going to get out of here early, and I'm going to let the Nashville Music Line herself take over for the rest of today's show. And I'll see you all on the Thursday edition. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We'll be right back.
7: Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Drybar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
3: This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then, in college, pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all.
2: Ever wonder why Europeans seem to speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Babbel's award-winning technology gets you speaking right away, whether you're learning Spanish, French, or German. And best of all, you'll remember what you've learned. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Using Babbel's 10- to 15-minute lessons, you can be speaking confidently in your new language within weeks.
7: I was amazed that I could start having real-life conversations right away. It was so fast. Now I'm speaking Spanish. Woohoo! <laughs>
2: No wonder Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Try it for yourself and see why Babbel is the quick way to get conversational in a new language, like Spanish, French, or more. You can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Or download the app to try it for free. That's Babbel.com. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and, of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed
3: would you say Nico is?
2: I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, gray-black,
1: brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always
3: special when we get to see a cat like this.
1: Just look how she struts. It's actually like owns the place. And
2: how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands.
3: A strong-willed feline.
6: Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person.
2: The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one.
0: Visit the
1: shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council.
6: A dark shadow in a speed-up Chevy caught my eye When I wasn't ready I fell fast, went too far Before I knew it, he stole my heart But bad news was all I heard Round town about how You don't go down Black River Road It's where he lives and the bad blood flow. That boy's got crooked roots beneath his boots. Tangle that mess you don't wanna get into. Tall and straight, that family tree may grow that way, but it ain't what it seems. Underneath the dirt, there lies the cold, hard truth. That boy's got crooked roots.
9: Welcome back to the All Show. That was Crooked Roots, and the actual artist is in our guest. Today on our studio, so I'm excited for Miss Jess. Hello. So we're going to talk a little bit about it before we do the, the. You got another single coming out. I do. And uh, but tell them, I hear you with some of the other because this is a southern show. Mm-hmm. And I've got three kids from Florida. Okay, I've got Heath and Bailey and Jess. And the first thing out of their mouth when they realized they were all from Florida is they said, "Are you Gators fat? <laughs> But what did you say?
8: Oh, I am not a Gators fan. No, 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 no. I am a Miami Hurricanes fan. Which is
9: so funny because the other two are. They're
8: ga- well, I, th- isn't, I thought Bailey was an FSU fan. Maybe not.
9: Well, she, she goes back and forth. She's flip flappy. Right. Yeah.
8: Yeah. No, I am a University of Miami football fan. Uh, I watch pro football more than I watch college football. I'm a really big Miami Dolphins fan. <laughs> I say that with a really sour look on my face right now. <laughs>
9: Don't make me lose my headset. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tell me a little bit. I was telling John a bit earlier about you. You started in the industry really young. I did. Well,
8: so I've been singing my entire life, writing songs. Uh, My dad is a musician, so that's kind of where I got my inspiration from. But uh, I took to the stage for the first time when I was four years old. Um, I sang Christmas Shoes with my dad at our church uh, production. There were probably about like... 300 400 people in the crowd so for four years old that was a that was a pretty big crowd and you know um I mean I I remember it vaguely but from what from what everybody told me I just walked right out there like a little superstar and I sang my heart out and, and then I walked back off stage and I was like I want to do it again <laughs> so that's that's kind of when my parents knew they were like oh we got a little
9: diva on our hand she's gonna be a singer and now you've got other siblings, too. I do. I have two sisters. And you just got back from seeing one of your sisters spent most of August and September in... In London. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness.
8: It was it was amazing. London is a place like no other. Um, just the beauty of the city in itself and everybody's so friendly and they'll just walk up to you and talk to you. and And it was just definitely a life-changing experience being out of the country. That was my first time out of the country. Hopefully next time is
9: music. related. Oh, absolutely.
8: Well, and it was funny, too, because, um, you know, I have a a few connections in London for music. Um, And my my music has been played over in London on some independent radio stations over there. Um, But I wanted to bring my guitar, but... I just, I had, I already had too many bags with me and, and we had an itinerary and I'm like, I I could have done some open mics over there, but everything was just like, we had such a plan and we, we wanted to get so much done in so little time and we got to go to Ireland too. Um, So it was just a really, really cool experience.
9: But I was glad to have her back because I missed her. I kept sending her (laughs) texts I miss you. Yep. Hurry back.
8: Yep. Yep. And I was still getting those emails. About Music Row and, and pitch oh,
9: sheets and all that fun oh, stuff. Yeah. That's because I wanted to keep her, let her know that we were still did not forget about her. Yeah. Now, what I want to do, I know you're going to be playing a new single in a few minutes, but before I forget, because you know I have ADD bad, darling. You know that you get texts at 2 o'clock in the morning and emails and stuff. Uh, only because I know that she's up. Yes. Um. Uh, Tell us about your Facebook where they can find you and things like that.
8: Yeah, so I have um I have a Facebook page, it's Jess Taylor Music. Um pretty much all of my handles on social media are Jess Taylor Music. Twitter is Jess Tay Music, YouTube is Jess Taylor Official and I also do have a website, it's JessTaylorMusic.com. Um there you can find literally any social media updates, um shows that I have coming up, new photo shoots, new singles, new new music that's coming up.
9: Yeah pretty on it. Now, you, when you first, when you, when I got her last summer, and the first thing we did is kicked her right into writing sessions mm-hmm. and things, and we literally have a music family. We yes. do, yeah. We got to go to the NSAI Hall of Fame Awards. This year, I'm taking her to the NATD Gala, so we got a lot of great things coming up, but she and her co-writer, which she's not going to do today, uh, her and Micah and Peter are writing a song, and of course, you never know. This is why... Make sure when you're out playing in Nashville that you always, you know, at least. Play play the best songs. Play the best songs. And um, this guy comes up to her co-writer, and they hadn't been written the song in like even two weeks. And he goes, um, and tell me if this is right, okay? I want to cut that song. And Peter goes, uh, but uh, but you're Joe Nichols. He goes, I know, but I really want to cut that song. That's a great song. So for a little bit, we've had a song on hold. They haven't taken it off a of hold for you guys yet.
8: Yeah, no, it's it's on hold. Uh, he just released a new album uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it was, uh, I, I believe it was called. He called it an EP, uh, yeah. or it was it was just like a five five song um, little album, but it was all old country songs, um, like definitely back in the day country songs. Um, so we're we still
9: got our fingers crossed. We're still hoping for something from that. Then it comes out, especially, you know, that's a what they call a regeneration. Because, um, you know, Joe's country, when I met him, he had hair down past his butt <laughs> many years ago.
8: I remember that. Tequila makes her clothes fall off.
9: Yeah, my friend Gary Hanna actually wrote that. Oh, wow. And I was really surprised because my other best friend, who you met here from Louisiana, Randy Boudreau, co-wrote Broken Heartsville for Joe. So you never know who you're going to see coming in and out of the hall. But I want to hear a little bit about your new single. Okay, so uh, I
8: wrote this song with my friend Madison McKenzie. We actually wrote it a couple, like a month ago, I want to say. And I was in the studio um, about to record a new single. And uh, as soon as we wrote this song, I'm like, you know, I have to record this. Like, I'm going to put that other song on hold for a minute. This is the song that I have to record. And... um, as some of you have heard Crooked Roots uh, that we just played, it's definitely a little more of a darker song. Um, and I, it's it's more folky, more Americana. Um, so that's kind of where I've been heading with my music lately. And I feel like Bump in the Night really kind of just incorporates that together in, in just a really cool way. And it's funny because uh, Madison told me uh, when... They started or what she she was going to originally write this song with her sister and her sister was like, uh, I don't know if I want to write that song. I just don't know where I can take it. And so she brought it to me. And immediately when I heard the title, I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's let's make it really cool. So the song is called Bump in the Night. And um, I guess I'll I'll kind of play you a, a verse and a chorus for y'all to hear a teaser. Just a little teaser. Um but, yeah, it's, it's about it's about a cheater, um, and that's all I'll say.
6: You didn't think I would know you were too sly for it. But these walls, they hear everything, and they won't keep quiet. I see your shadows, they drift in the firelight. In your secrets the darkness won't hide I heard you go bump in the night Knew something wasn't right The lights were off, the door was locked Still haunted by all that I saw She pulled you to the other side Bump in the night so yeah, it's it's
9: just kind of like a creepier, um, ghostly take on cheating. <laughs> and matter of fact, speaking of that, uh I'm getting I have someone in my office last week, you may have remember her from Alabama, Aston Shepherd. And she is actually gonna be coming in to write with you. okay, awesome. And I told her and she said, Does she like writing cheating songs? And I said, It's funny you would say that. (laughs) Well, and it's the funniest thing because
8: I've never been cheated on. Like, I just, for some reason, I can write really good cheating songs. I don't know where (laughs) it comes from. Maybe it's just like this creativity I got going on in my mind, but I don't know. I mean, I I can write cheating songs
9: and I've never experienced cheating, so.
6: Well, now you're
8: playing a
9: show tonight. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You're playing, I see, two weeks ago you were at Doghouse, then you had your suicide prevention show. Mm Mm-hmm. And then tonight you're playing at um, poncho and Lefties. Poncho and Lefties. Yes, there is a new uh, music venue here. Poncho and Lefties. Oh yeah, so, it's
8: actually right next door to where I work, or one of the places I work. Yes. I ha- I got a lot of jobs. Yeah,
9: <laughs> <laughs> because I need her. I need her to be very flexible, and I will call her twenty minutes. Say, can you get down here and write Nicole ride?" Right? write? <laughs> yep. But that's okay. We've had some great rights, and it's one of the best part of that song about that you wrote with Madison is that's the first time y'all had ever written together, mm-hmm. and she'd been gone from Nashville for a couple, almost three years. Yeah, and I said. You know, I got someone who's an incredible writer, incredible guitarist. I would love for you to write with her, Um, you know, and it's just like, and the parents when they've seen him as a total God thing that because both days she wrote, she's got your single. Y'all wrote on Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday, and then she wrote with my Christian artist Andrea on Wednesday and it's her new single with Madison. So she's getting like two for two right now. So we're excited about that.
8: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm in the studio right now recording. Um, I was I wanted I wanted to release it in October, but I kind of feel like just I want this song to be so amazing, and I want to take my time on it. So I I'm thinking of a January release date. I haven't decided yet, but all I know is that I I'm gonna take my time on this and make sure it sounds exactly the way that I want it to. I want to make sure everything's just like authentic and and perfect on it, and and we're gonna do some cool photo shoots for it I'm and music that.
9: videos and and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so we're going to get a schedule laid out. But before we go today, John's going to be back next week. But uh, if you get a chance, keep staying tuned to Y'all Radio because I'm going to let John know he's going to be the first one to get the single. Okay? First one. So we're probably going to premiere it here. Are oh, okay with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay. So one more thing before I bring John back on uh, to the next week. You are involved in... Uh, doing a lot of of charity work Mm -hmm. you help animals yep i think you just rescued a dog got too long ago i did
8: did rescue my my little georgia pup
9: yes now why did you name him georgia
8: Uh, (laughs) i actually didn't name her (laughs) uh my boyfriend named her (laughs) so he didn't name her well no i'm sure there was a story behind it we we had been coming up with names for like a couple weeks because we knew we were going to adopt a pup and um we both love Criminal Minds, so you know I said we should name name the dog Rossi, but she but he wanted a girl pup, so we just we went back and forth, and then finally, like I I said, uh, we used to watch this show, and one of the main characters' names was Virginia, and he was like, oh well, you know what? I really like the name Georgia for a dog, so I was like,
9: yeah, I like it too. I did too, because you know I have you know you have co writer Justin Dukes mm-hmm. from Georgia, and some other clients are called the Music Siblings from that from Georgia. But, um, what is the now tell me a little bit about your suicide prevention stuff you've been doing so uh a few weeks ago,
8: um, I had someone close to me commit suicide um, and it was really rough to deal with um, to be honest, it just kind of came out of nowhere and I get, it, it sometimes always does um, but i've i when I was uh when I was 16, I wrote a song called Why, um, and I had a, I had a family friend um,
9: attempt suicide, and so, I'm sorry, this is, like, kind of weird to talk about. That's Um, okay, but just, you know what, just tell them where we can go find, and hopefully the song on that. Yeah,
8: yeah, it's called Why. Uh, It it is on Spotify, um, but... Yeah, I've just kind of, it's been something that's been close, close to my heart. And uh, a couple weeks ago, actually a week after I had that person commit suicide, I was, uh, I did a suicide awareness event um, for the Tennessee Suicide Prevention Network. And um, it's just something that, that is so unfortunately prevalent in our society nowadays
9: because people just don't know. Where to turn. Yeah. You know, there's been artists be spokesperson for that. Wynonna was a spokesperson. And so was, uh, jog Bartley from firefall. I met it. Yeah. It's, um, and there's
8: just, there's so much that, that a word, a word can, can mean something to somebody. And, um, there's just the, the Tennessee suicide prevention network does so much to help, um, with prevention and, and if you need, need to talk to someone there, definitely someone they do. that you can
9: talk to. Yeah, I actually used to work there. You were probably in first grade. <laughs> but it's a great thing. But we are so proud to have Jess Taylor on here. As you can see, she's not just an artist. She's a guest. She's very much involved in the community, anything from animals to charity. So I'm very, very proud of her. And the name of her single coming up hopefully in January is called Bump of the Night.
1: We see it every day. They cut you off. And they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.